Samaya, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, by the way. It is such a pleasure, and this is a conversation that I'm so, so, so excited to be having. Yes, and this con, and by the way, more so because of your own journey, by the way. Absolutely, and and really, I think fitness, you know, it's such a trendy word today, but I think it means so much more. So before we start, I'd love to get your definition of what fitness is. Is it just losing weight looking good but how do you define fitness you know for me the definition of fitness has also changed over the years it it's always about the way i feel and the way how everyone feels after they do go through either a fitness transformation a journey or any activity that is involving fitness you get addicted beyond a point yeah. to the feeling post the... that so everybody keeps asking me so how how do you stay consistent how do you stay how do you motivate yourself so I, i always say this i said i'm always like addicted to the trickle of sweat i know if i'm having a shitty day i just need to show up once i'm there i'm Stop. only going to feel better and like a thousand fold better when i leave so for me fitness is really now boiled down to how i feel uh it it just translates into so many aspects of my life you know it's Uh, personally professionally kids i'm a better parent when i'm yeah, fit yeah. so and i'm sure you can relate yeah, you, to that you want to play with them you, you can be play with them. them you know you also learn how to calm your mind because fitness teaches you so much it teaches you to push your boundaries right and that's what kids do they push your boundaries all the time so you know it teaches you so much calm it teaches you composure it teaches you to push it teaches you drive i can go on and on and on so for me fitness now um is really about how i feel and is it also about losing weight or looking a certain way or is that just a byproduct you know that it's a nice byproduct so i won't i won't complain but um but for most people the first time they foray into anything to do with fitness it's always about the way yeah. they look yeah. it's only later when you pass the 
you know um, stage where you're struggling to get there not get there once you're in there you stick because you get addicted to the trickle of sweat it's like endorphins right like you know if you're having a shitty day like yeah. you just said i just played went and played two hours i did two hours of movement and if you didn't do it would you be you sitting not on the chair all. not, not at, all. at all like you just it's it's an addiction it's almost. just an addiction and you know i'm just lucky that i've been doing it for so many many years that it's just been i think the best anchor for my life in my toughest times i've you know dealt with them uh, either with some kind of movement uh, in my best times i celebrated with some kind of oh, movement lovely. so it's just amazing right so this many many years and and let's come to this um, actually i didn't know but you actually have an economics degree from st stephens yeah, yeah. and despite that in 1997 you decided to join you know get into fitness and and believe you me i know that like at that point of time that no wasn't chance. it wasn't no. it's not a it's not a career option like how how did that happen how did you decide then that hey i'm not going to join banking not investment banking not not follow this crew but really get into sports fitness now i've always played sport all my life and so i played since i was age since age of 14 so that's something that i'm used to trickle of sweat you know what you see today has is been a years and years of consistency back in the day you know economics banking doctor yeah. accounting was the chartered accounting yeah, was yeah. what we were all studying yeah. you know and my then boyfriend now husband he was doing economics my sister was doing economics she was working with the world bank he was working with an investment bank and here i was i did economics and i had a trade off with my mom and i said listen i'll do all the mainstream education okay but you have to promise me that when i do decide to take this up as a profession you'll you'll let me there was a lot of tug of war because you know i was surrounded by people who were only doing mainstream and i was actually going on to do my masters right um and uh, when i was in the us i decided ki i joined a gym and my as actually, a trainer uh, no no i was actually going to do my masters in economics and uh, i joined a gym and before that i'd already kind of worked you know in 1996 summer Uh, there was an ad in the paper which came out saying Reebok Instructors Alliance, and I thought that's a place to kind of go and like work yeah. out because there was there was nothing to do as far as working out was concerned in '96. Like I, there was not yeah. a gym, there was nothing. Yeah, and trainers. I mean, there was this, nothing. There was, there was nothing, nothing like trainers. Like, there was nothing called you a trainer. You go to a place, you'll be a guy who's got like big muscles. Akhara's, right? Yeah, Akhara's. And I like went Bhaglo. and joined that course, and it ended up happened to be this bunch of these South African. uh master trainers had thrown down reebok was just kind of foraying into india so they were also dabbling into what you know which areas they wanted to expand in and they did this course with and they enrolled like i think 10 15 people in the course and it was a two week long program and that that course taught you a little bit of anatomy physiology yeah. and it taught you group fitness once i finished the course i just knew i was born to do this because when i was taking their mock classes i was just loving the way i was wow. feeling and wow. all of that cut to that every morning at 7 before i went to college and every evening at 4:30 i took two group fitness classes and you Whoa. know i got so addicted because i was loving meeting people it was all about meeting people you felt so empowered because you were standing here and people were just there was it was just a, such a small handful of people who even knew that this center existed and you know they would come you could do it and you could do it and you could meet people and then slowly slowly ndt you know it just started picking up and ndtv launched a show called good morning india and they were looking for an anchor for the sports section and somehow they found me 
And again, for three years, I anchored this show alongside someone and I did the fitness segment for it because, you know, there weren't many people with my background back Would in the day. Talk. I mean, just that I remember my first group fitness class was actually with you. Like, Ruchi actually took, took me. you? Yeah. Yeah, so Ruchi, uh, again, is a friend of mine. And she's like, oh, my friend, she's doing this class. And I'm like, what do you mean a class? I mean, I used to work out at the YMC at that yeah. point of time. Uh, and oh, I'm a big chubby person. And, you know, like I showed up and you had these balls and it was incredibly the fun class to no? actually do I've that. actually made my best friends working out. That's yeah. another thing why I love this whole journey. So coming back to that journey and so all through college, you know, I was already at that time, I think making 28, 29,000 rupees. I was so excited because all my other friends who were doing CA and, you know, doing internships, right. they were making six, 7,000. So my first attraction was I was like, oh my God, the money is really good because in 96, 97, if you were making yeah. like 20, 30,000 rupees it's a amazing. month as a six, 17, 18 year old, you're just like, wow, right? And that's it. And then when I went on to do my master's, I joined a gym as a client. And because I already had a little bit of a foray into this space, um, I, I worked with a personal trainer and, you know, he was teaching me so many things, which is so specific to me because I used to see him with his other clients and I was just like, so what did you study? And, you know, they said, how do you know this works for me? And how do you know that doesn't work for right. her? And he just said, oh, I did a master's in kinesiology. And I was like, what the hell is that? That was it. I just looked up and there's my college offered a master's in sports science. And I just told my family, I was like, dude, this is what no I'm doing. Economics. And, like, and no economics. And then we cut, the, we cut a middle ground and we said, no, we're going to do economics and uh, sports science. So I ended up doing a double degree and that was it. And there was, there was no turning back because I had this great mix of uh, finance, uh, economics, sports. So that's it. And, you know, when I was, um, I, I worked so much in London, uh, I was out of the country for two, three years, and then I moved back. And uh, the fitness industry just kind of started picking up, yeah. you know, becoming a little structured. And my first job was actually with Reebok. And they had just come in, they, had, they were opening multi, multiple stores. So they wanted someone who knew the subject would go down and train their train you know the guys who the sell trainers. the shoes no. no the shoes that because that time we didn't even know a difference from a tennis shoe and a golfing shoe and a cricket shoe so they were opening these stores and their whole biggest training was across india to go and train the sales guys how oh, to wow. sell shoes oh, wow. so that was my first job because oh, i could apply all that i had and i got this whole experience of how to set up stores and that's it and then they came with this whole instructors alliance i led that i helped them with their first gym and that's it and i started dabbling my hands in so many things i helped other people set up health clubs because i had so much international exposure you know i right. could help uh, curate a program i could help with the programming i could help with the setup that's it and then that's just one thing led to another led to another but i never thought that um this would is what would become off it number one and there were always eyeballs on me, you know, you to trainer hai. Was that a bad word? I mean, at, I, I, don't mean I mean, now, of course, everyone wants to be Yeah. But at that point of time, like, trainer hair, was that something that was hard to own? Or what was the impact of that? You know, or? because not everybody knew that I actually studied the subject for three years. Um, so my actual degree trains me to train athletes. Right. to make an athlete the best version of themselves, right? So we do anatomy, physiology, behavioral sciences, we do um, nutrition, we do all of that. So, so what you were still seeing of me was not someone 
with that kind of an educational right. background in the subject, but someone who is really on ground. And at that point, yes, a lot of people said, oh, you know, how do you do what you do? Uh, she's a trainer. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm a trainer and that's what I love to do. And But for me, just the, I was so exhilarated meeting people. I, was, I, I used to love to the way I used to feel. I used to just block out all the noise. And I think that was my biggest blessing that I had. I could just switch on and switch off. Because when I was in there doing what I did, I would work. 18 hour days but I've just loved it I've it's just nice loved to just be on listen it's just kept me young it's just I've just oh loved yes every... it's kept you very it's young kept me, it's kept me young I've <laughs> loved every minute of it there are days like I said where I worked so hard there are days where people have mocked me and said oh she's just a trainer you know and but here I am today so it's everything's just so inspired it's ended up well oh, it's beautiful it's so inspiring and you know I remember when you started your first center yeah and I think it was the first time where you created this concept of personalized yeah. training. And I still remember it was just like eyeballs are like, itne paise kaun dega personal training ke liye. Right. But then also, you know, there were people who just were completely transformed. You know, I remember my brother Pratik, like, yeah. he was training with you and he was just like, what happened to you, right? And how was that? Like introducing a brand new product, getting that acceptance and showing those results. After I spent a couple of years doing lots of stuff with other people, other people, you know, whether it was within the same space, whether right. it was with Reebok, whether it was Adidas, whether it was setting up Reebok's first gym or whether it was setting up Ozone, any of the clubs that were in, in, in Delhi, at least, I had something or the other to do with it, you know, because they weren't many people with my background. And then I was like, you know, why am I doing stuff for other people? Why am I not doing stuff for myself? Right. And then I decided to open this really small space, which is maybe one and a half times this. So it was like a 1200 square feet of a little studio with some weights and some fancy little equipment from Techno Gym, because that I was very clear that if I would use equipment, it, it would be, be the nice. best. Right. And um, the whole concept yeah, was how yeah. we would train athletes. So yeah. Divya would be would come in and she would say her primary goal would be to lose weight, but I would educate her that there is life beyond losing weight. It's about mobility, flexibility, muscle building, uh, ability, ability to be agile. And there's so much more. And the byproduct is if you eat well, sleep well, you will lose weight. Absolutely. That's the science, right? People came. I had a handful of 30, 35 friends. They loved it. I got pregnant. And then that space became small. So I had two ways. Either I'd stop what I was going to do or I would expand what I was going to do. And there was this friend of mine who was also a client of mine. And I said, you know, I'm thinking of doing a bigger space. And he just said, listen, even if it's like a minuscule partnership, I just want to do it with you because I just love it. I love what you do. I, I love, love what, what you, you do. And I am for... this. I may not have studied, but this is who I am. That's what actually I have to, I have to give it to him. His name is Raghav Modi. I have to give it to him. The reason why I decided to expand was because I felt, because I was also being going to be a mother, I was like, I have someone to fall on right. in case I'm not there. Because that was my biggest commitment issue, that how do I do this, navigate this journey, right. new business, new baby, if I didn't have someone with me. And that's it. And Samaya, he convinced me that the brand should be Samaya. That was a whole different story. I love that. And, and he was like, dude, I rest my case. And that, you know, at that time, fitness was, first was coming in. I was almost going to work with them. Uh, and then they said, you know, why are you going to put yourself in the same noise? Because the moment you say, Samaya, half your marketing is already cut, expensed. Right. 
because you're not there trying to convince the other person this is how i'm different that's and what i'm doing this is what works. i do this is what not what i do because everybody knows what you do right so basically you were actually working on personal branding and way before yeah. it became a thing yeah. right like today i think any d2c brand needs to have their founders as a brand because yes. that's who you trust at the end of the day and right? you know without realizing i think that has been one of my biggest success reasons for success as a brand is because two ways one because my name has been on on the door i'm always on my feet right you know if there's one and we always boast of no injuries but even if there is you know god forbid we have had a couple of injuries i take it so personally right. i'm involved you know I, i'm navigating that whole recovery it's you see me and no matter and you know over the years it also gives the client a little bit of um satisfaction that you do get to see me in the program no matter what you do no matter how many centers i open the 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 way the business is designed i'm always a part of your journey i'd love that you know so how how has this journey been to of scale you know from going from one studio to now multiple studios to now you know taking it of course across the city across the country i'm assuming it's i could have grown faster uh there was a time when uh, i had someone reach out to buy me over i almost agreed at that point i don't know what stopped stopped me was last minute i pulled out of that deal was because i just felt that the moment i have an outside investor i will be so pushed to grow right and with my name on the door and will i be able to keep that quality and i think i could have grown faster but i wasn't ready to because for me whether you went to samaya in malvanagar or whether you went to samaya at the lodi or whether you went to samaya at the koram or whether you went to samaya at the koram bombay your experience has to be has to be exactly the same in terms of look feel touch yes your bond emotional bonding with the trainer will change because you know you know how it is when yeah. you become best friends with your yeah. trainer yeah beyond that i was i was able to standardize every trainer making you do the plank exactly the same way so nobody could say oh x trainer made me do the plank like this and y trainer didn't made me do and that's not the right way and you know you should work out with me because i am better because at the end of the day the science of the execution of a workout of an exercise is exactly the same oh wow so have you like do you have processes or systems systems and i'm always on ground with my trainer so my main work time is actually between 11 and 5 when the gyms are lower that's where i go out we do train the trainers we do system setting we do program design we if divya comes in so with every gym we have the system that i will go in we have team meetings where your schedule shows up because and because we document i see your progress maybe you feel you're okay i mean then my team will reach out to you and say you know samaya wants to meet divya and say listen how you feeling you know you you seem to have plateaued how can i help all of that all of that all of that so it's it's been tough but i've had a great team and that's why sometimes i feel women make better bosses uh, i love that <laughs> i think if i look at instagram you know every second person is a fitness influencer yeah right there is numerous information on omits on what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing uh and and there's information and there's misinformation and how do you sort of navigate that and as you know people who are spending incessant amount of time consuming a lot of this information how does one like cut out the crap from what actually works i think 
because of my education in the subject and because of my experience of time in this field there is a voice of knowledge that i have that i can impart to even new trainers of you know what is right what is wrong how a session should be designed for someone like you how should you split your training week should you be training 2 hours a day even if you train 2 hours a day what should the split look like how much weight training should you do because now that's the question you want to know and how do i split my week right yeah. so yeah. i was very clear that when i went on to any social media platform it was not about what i can do it was about how simple you need to make it that you can achieve the results that you want by just staying consistent and not making it insta pretty and insta fancy it was not about check me out the way i look never it was never about here's what i can do it was always about here's what you can do and here's what you should do and even if you do just this much you will get that much you right. just need to stay consistent so it's just been a lot of navigation trying to help people you know navigate their journey it's a lot of fun so tell me you you mentioned this earlier it's about you know cardio and you know so for a lot of us like you said it's like you know we need to get the heartbeat up and cardio is the thing uh and you know weights make you put on like muscle so you know whether it's cardio versus strength training what are some of the common or the three biggest myths that you'd want to bust when it comes to fitness so i'm going to read this out specifically for the girls the first one you know when we say as trainers oh you don't have the um hormones you don't have the testosterone levels to be as bulky as men so i'm going to disregard you becoming bulky i always take the middle ground and that's the fair ground to take because yes you don't have the testosterone to become as bulky as men and put on that kind of muscle because our hormones always take us back but do we have a tendency to get bulky yes and i'll tell you why a the kind of weight you weight you lift decides what kind of aesthetics you're going to build okay two your nutrition plays 99% of the role in how you look so if you're going to be training a certain way but eating a certain way where you're disregarding uh you know trying to eat clean eating enough protein and you're still continuing to have all the processed food sugar alcohol your muscle and fat are still fighting against each other for space na space is that yeah. so when you see i'm feeling bulky it's because you're not being able to change your body composition at the rate that you should be changing it so you actually need to relook at your diet you need to look at, at your little training protocols a little bit do you need to lift more do you need to lift less do you need to add more reps so you need to figure that out but there is a sweet spot where you need to lift and a considerable amount you need to eat clean and bulky or not bulky is very relative and subjective but and that's why we've always told women now that listen you feel well if you feel well lifting 100 kilos as long as you're lifting it safely and you do you you know you decide what you want to see in the mirror and you decide that you translate that to your trainer let him understand your goals because your goals and your goals need to match because a lot of times i feel girls lay off weight training because they are not getting the same aesthetic goals that because the trainer is not listening they then that needs to be that alignment he's not listening he's trying to adapt you to a program which may not be working for you and even women have some fast twitch slow twitch so certain parts of my body are not as hypertrophic which are so 
My upper body is not as hypertrophic. You can make me lift as much as weight as you want. You will never, you'll see muscle definition, but you'll never see bulk. Whereas because I've been a runner all my life and I have fast switch fibers on my quads, if you put me on a leg press for more than three times a week, that's it. I'm going to become a Same, footballer. I'll have, like, I'll have like my, yeah, I'll have my quads VL, coming out. My quads coming yeah. out. Do I like that? No. Are there ways to circumvent that? Of course there is. Without yes. losing strength, of course there is. And that's where the science comes in. You may not need to do isolated work. You need to do compound training. You need to do work which involves more than one muscle group. You can still lift weights, but you may not want to. You know, you may not want to leg press a sixty kilo weight. But could you could you do walking lunges with forty kilos? Of course you can. Does that give you the same benefit? Of course it does. I think this is a really important point. Is are you asking the right questions? Yeah. You know, are you informing yourself about, or you just you know jumping into a fitness journey and being like, yeah. 60 kgs ko 56 ya 54 kara do i think fitness is a lot more than that Maybe it's a right? science like i said now we face people are studying we are studying for 3 3 4 4 years right so it's a science and it's not really it's not one size fits all and neither is the program design lovely and you spoke about nutrition um what i mean what would you talk about nutrition or what are the top two or three things that you would advise anyone Uh, or what would your plate look like? A uh, food look like in a normal day? I have a very clean philosophy, which is I'm going to share that with you and keep it. It's like it's Bible. It's it's worked. It's worked for so many years, and I hope okay. it continues to work. One time in your life, visit a nutritionist, not a dietitian, but a nutritionist, because they will give you nutritional advice specific to you, okay. specific to your gut health. Specific to your activity levels, specific to your hormones, specific to what you genuinely want out of life. So you need to visit a nutritionist once in your life to understand you, so that you understand that there is no one size fits all. And just because a friend of yours is doing keto, is that for you? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Two, calculate your macros once in your life, okay. just to get a rough idea of what quantity of food gives you what quantity of Protein, carbohydrate, and fat. So and that's in two weeks. So when you say macros, that means uh, uh, our food groups are broken down into protein, carbohydrates, and fat. So those are your macros. Right. Your micronutrients become all your minerals and all Got of it. that, right? Got it. But your macros is you split them and learn to split them out once in your life, so that you start understanding what food actually is doing to you. And when you're eating, especially when you're training, it's a really interesting, uh, you know. Uh, Journey to go through once, and it's a two-week journey. That's it. Okay, then you just divide your plate, and I think the plate that I've divided works the best, no matter who you are. That if you have a circular plate, half your plate should be full of vegetables. It could be vegetables of any kind. If you're an endurance runner, you can add potatoes in there, but if you're not, you can leave the potatoes out. Okay, so half your circular plate should be vegetables. The rest, one fourth. Should be protein, and that protein could be, of course, animal sources being your best. But if you're vegetarian, you figure out the vegetarian sources of protein, what works for you. The little bit that's left, the next three fourths is a healthy fat. So that could be uh, the dressing on your salad. It could be the medium in which your food is cooked. It could be uh, the drizzle of olive oil on your salad. It could be the ghee on your roti, and the little portion that's left—that's your grain. That's your rice or your that's roti, your roti or and your whatever. If you see this plate now, you visualize it because we don't have a yeah, plate. Yeah. We Indians eat ulta. Half the plate is the it's grains. It's on grains. The yeah. next one fourth is the vegetables. The little bit that's at the bottom is the protein. Yes. So the moment you start looking at your plate differently, you're already eating so differently 
you're eating for many reasons. A, you're making sure you're getting your adequate protein requirement by default. B, this whole new science, which is here to stay, by the way, which is all about sugar being stable, insulin being stable, inflammation being, uh, sugar instability in your insulin levels being a cause of inflammation, cancers, metabolic disorders. You kind of limit that because the moment you have half your plate full of vegetables, then your sugar is getting managed and you don't have the sugar spikes. Because you know, there's that. And by the way, vegetables are carbohydrates. So when people say, oh, I'm not eating carbs, they really mean I'm not eating too many grains. Right. Because vegetables are carbohydrates as a food group and a macronutrient. So you're eating your carbohydrates, you're getting more antioxidants from there. The grains are limited. Right. You know, so there's a lot of science and we should just be intelligent enough to adopt it. And if you really, from tomorrow, if in your poha, there are more vegetables than the poha, you're good to go. If you see enough fat in there, which could be coming from peanuts, it could be coming from almonds thrown in, it could be coming from um, a little drizzle of ghee, then your poha is right. Your poha needs to have more sabzi and than the oh poha. God, that poha needs to change. <laughs> that poha needs to change. And you know, I think as Indians, we're kind of moving towards the other thing. We need more roti and if we haven't had our roti, if we hadn't had our rice, we so feel no like one, we're, we're hungry. Listen, you still, have, I'm right? letting you have your rice and roti, but then please have enough vegetables and protein with it. Why are you having one, three rotis and one katori of sabzi and half a katori of protein? Why? Makes no sense. Why are you filling your plate when you want to take a second helping? Why is the second helping a roti? Why is the second helping not another veg serving of vegetables on your katori? Is that better? So tell me, what about supplements and, you know, whether that's steroids or whether, I mean, steroids is, of course, another uh, yeah. space altogether, but nutrition supplements or protein supplements, what are your thoughts on that? I'll be very careful if I answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have been a big supplement junkie since the age of 26. Okay. Oh, that wow. time I was very quiet about it. Because, um, you know, people weren't ready to accept us having an extra dose of vitamin D. But again, over the years and after science has been proven and now you can see everything being flooded, all the shelves being flooded by supplements. Here's what I want to say. Nothing is better than food. There's something called recommended daily allowance, which the FDA decides. And then there's something called optimal daily allowance, which you decide. The recommended daily allowance is what we minimally need for bodily functions. The recommended, the optimal daily allowance is your lifestyle, what you do, what you know, how much pickleball are you playing? Are you spending two hours a day? Um, do you have a dietary restriction? How do you make that up? The nutrition, nutrients not coming from there. So the optimal daily allowance is very different for everyone. What kind of supplements you need are also no one size fits all. And food is better than medicine. Yes, and I think you're talking to someone who thinks food is medicine. Second point that supplementation is so beneficial because a lot of times we're not getting the optimal daily allowance just by what we're eating. I think especially maybe as vegetarians. Vegetarians. And by supplements, I'm not limiting right now to protein supplements. Now I'm, I'm talking about stuff like vitamin C, vitamin D, B12, B6, milk thistle. I'm going even that right, route. Right. The protein, let me answer that for you. The recommended daily allowance is, it's changed again. It's one gram per kilogram of body weight. So if you weigh 50 kilos, you are minimally required to have 50 grams of protein to function. 
which means one anda is going to give you 3 grams of protein, a 100 grams of chicken is going to give you 20 grams of protein, a handful of almonds is give you 6 grams of protein. Now you do wow. the math. Wow. How are you making the 50? Wow. And if you're a vegetarian, you're struggling already you because struggling you have, to, already? Because yeah, you have yeah. to have larger quantities of food, right? You and I both know now, when you exercise, you're putting your body under a stressful environment of breaking muscle, right? Yeah. Tearing. It repairs only in the next 24, 48 hours. And how does it repair? It repairs through adequate protein intake. It needs amino acids to repair. It repairs through rest. Now, where do you get the repair food? Protein, unfortunately, that is the only food. Love that. So, if you want to recover from a workout, your calculation of protein totally changes. It goes into 1.2 plus plus. Wow. And so, 10 years from now, what is going to be Smaya's personal fitness goal? Injury prevention is going to be my biggest goal um, in the next decade. I just do not want to get injured. So, you know, I'm going to pay attention to my progressive overload. I'm going to make sure I'm flexible, agile, mobility tops the key because most of the injuries happen because we're all doing such compound moves now. You know, burpees, this, they're all compound moves. And if your muscles and joints are not flexible, you are going to get injured. So I think my training is now going to be changing into that. I want to do that burpees and 20 burpees with a 20-year-old, but I should be able to recover from them. So, you know, I that's why. That. It's no longer about how I look. So this is a fun section, quick answers, Done. and we want to see the naughty side of Samaya. Yeah. Uh, if your workout routine had a theme song, what would it be? Manali Chan. Uh, your fitness role model? Jelo. Jelo? Yes, of course. Samaya in three words. Passionate, uh, consistent, and hardworking. Fit. 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 <laughs> it's not good that modest. Uh, what is the most bizarre fitness myth that you've heard? I just did a thousand crunches. Oh God. I'm just like, mere saamne aake, mere crunches karo, zara main yeah, like I will do the 10 crunches that I will make you do. If you don't die in nine, I will change my name. Uh, ultimate guilty food pleasure. Okay. The only reason I'm saying it is because I, my body works best when I'm not eating gluten. So, my food pleasure is the simplest makhan toast. Oh God, oh God, like you know, go to, go to. Go to. Is you know, I love bread, but I just love amul makhan with toast. Freshly coming out of the toast. And that's, that's it. it. Uh, three supplements that you have in your bag or that you have regularly. Vitamin D, uh, vitamin C and an omega-3. Love that. Funniest memory or fun memory of your childhood? Me leaving my house at the age of four with little red suitcase. No way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually walked. So now I can say it's a fun memory. I don't know my mom must have died. But I took this little tiffin box, which was for me at that point, it felt like a suitcase. But it was really like a tiffin box. But I thought it was a suitcase and I dumped some stuff into it and I walked out of my house and I walked the, the lane. So cute. Uh, and finally, Smaya, what does because she can mean to you? Exactly what I say, because she can, because we can. I love that. And thank you so much, Samaya, for being here today for thank this you. unreal conversation uh, for what we should do, what we shouldn't do, and how we really uh, should be thinking of fitness. And really, I think what you've built. And really seeing it, seeing you from 1997, uh, from training towards this beautiful, beautiful uh, 
empire you've created and more than anything just the amount you've empowered people to be better versions of themselves is phenomenal i so, think that's what i feel as well i just feel that I, my it's just allowed me to give back to society in so many ways beyond just fitness you know because at some points i sit and i also am a counselor you know because if you're having a bad day and you're having issues with eating food you'll tell me why you're emotionally eating right yeah. so it's just been like you said making people the best versions of themselves making better moms better husbands you know just better human beings yeah thank you thank you, thank you.